Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo, and today I have a Firebird Book Award winning author to share with you. He is Kiel Barnikov, and his winning book is titled Shepherds of Destiny. Kiel forged his career as an information technology executive, pioneering innovative airline and airport technology projects for over 30 years. He chaired the Airport Council International, North America Information Technology Committee. Channeling his grandmother and fellow author, Fleur Conkling, Shepherds of Destiny is the first novel in his reality-bending series. And I'm so happy to share him with you. So welcome to the network, Keel. Oh, thank you very much, Pat. Good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you, and congratulations on the book win. Oh, thanks. Well, let's talk. Author of science fiction with a bent towards historical and medical science and medical science kind of captured my my brain what causes you to be interested in medical science well i've been interested in it for a long time and at one point actually considered going into uh, medicine uh in the field of uh, uh, brain um, surgery and things like that um but uh really what inspired me in the theme of this book, uh, dealing with uh, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, as it's commonly known, um, I had a good uh, colleague, good friend, that contracted uh, ALS. Uh, he was a Delta pilot, and he uh, I, I was able to see him, or unfortunately able to see him, um, uh, fall into the disease with all its characteristics until the end when he was virtually a vegetable. Um, and that, that disease seemed so debilitating to me that I used it as a basis to, to kick off the book itself. That's interesting. So many authors that I speak with, they, there's usually that one turning point or that catalyst that uh, causes the seed for the idea of the book. So I'm always interested to know where that comes from. And in your case, it sounds like it's very personal and, and kind of filled with grief. So maybe let's just take a peek into your book to give our readers an idea of what it is we're talking about. Sure. Well, basically uh, it starts out with uh, the character and one of the main characters, Christian Barnett, uh, who is a billionaire through the inheritance of his parents' estate. His parents were killed in an aircraft incident off the Pacific coast um, where nothing was really found the aircraft just pretty much disappeared. But anyway, uh, Christian has now inherited the CEO spot from his father for Barnett Industry, which develops, manufactures, and implements advanced transportation systems globally. Um, he falls ill with ALS at the age of 33. Um, going on, um, he goes to the uh, uh, Neuroscience Center at Stanford University and meets up with the Dr. Savannah Richards, who um, has developed a means to preserve the brain of a patient whose body has been irrecoverably destroyed, but whose brain is unharmed. And concurrently, Christian's wife, Ansley Barnett, um, is leading the development of a cyborg body or a synthetic body indistinguishable from a human body at DARPA. Uh, soon after Christian's brain is removed and placed in stasis, he is approached by a supernatural being called the Guardian. And the Guardian is like an angel, I guess, or, you know, you can depict whatever you want in that role, but um, he enlists Christian's mind, which is now untethered from his corporeal body, to control the actions of individuals 
key in keeping a timeline on its predestined course. In this current spiritual state, Christian is able to travel to any period in the past or the future with the guardian in order to affect changes to a timeline gone wrong. With Christian spirit in tow, the guardian travels back in time to the U.S. Civil War, and he encounters a threat to the timeline in which the Union won the war in jeopardy. Should Christian fail to complete the assignment the Guardian, with the Guardian, the history of the United States is changed and the country will not survive World War II. Then, going on, another character, Aaron Adams, also suffering from advanced ALS in the year 2038, is approved for Dr. Savannah Richards' brain preservation procedure, but prior to the procedure, his mind is scanned and stored for download to a synthetic body. Aaron is approached by the Guardian, as his mind is also separated from his corporeal body. His assignment from the Guardian confronts a rift in time that threatens the outcome of World War II and ultimately the free world. Christian and Aaron, under the guidance of the Guardian, then travel forward to the year 2052. The founding CEO of a high-tech information management services company and two multi-billion dollar telecommunication moguls have developed a new smartphone supporting an advanced communications technology. This technology enables the ability to control a user's thoughts and actions without the knowledge of the, or consent of the user. Um, and we go on and we actually have uh, another encounter later in the book that involves the um, Cuban Missile Crisis, where uh, the, uh, the Guardian and Christian and uh, a new cyborg, um, Eric, uh, go back in time and make sure or actually encourage the outcome as it was where nuclear war was avo avoided between the United States and the Soviet Union at the time. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting as it goes through the different um, scenes. And there are other subplots in there. Um, for example, uh, Christian is the sister of Savannah Richards. I'm not sorry, I'm Christian. Um, Eric is the sister of um, Savannah Richards. And Savannah Richards went to school with Dr. Ansley um, Barnett. So they're all kind of intertwined a little bit, which is, makes it kind of interesting. But um, talking about Eric, he came in later. He, at the time, this is around 20, in the early 2040s, um, Eric was the commander on a U.S. spaceship going to and from Mars. And as he was returning from Mars, as the ship was returning, it ran into debris, a debris field uh, on its way to space dock. And that blew out part of the uh, passenger compartment in the ship. And all inside were killed. And the um, one of the technicians, um, Aria, um, Anderson uh, was they were Eric and, and Ari were developing a relationship while they were on Mars and they were returning back to Earth. But um, she was killed. She was actually blown out of the hatch or the or the uh, the tear in the side of the ship. So and Eric was severely injured, and that's how he became uh, a synthetic or a cyborg. Um, <clears throat> so to go on in this subplot, Eric makes contact with Arya's sister, Senya, um, and they develop a relationship. And um, 
in book in my next book you'll see where that goes. <laughs> so, uh, there's these kind of little side plots going on in there, uh, things where um, uh, Christian finally uh, does become uh, a cyborg, uh, and what pursue, what ensues from that um, was um, when they finally got back together. He and Ansley got back together, and you know we go into some detail on the relationship there and how that evolved from going from a, a human to being a brain in a bottle to being a cyborg, and we get into some of the, the detail there. So, um, But, uh, and then, of course, I'm continuing. I'm about halfway through book two now. Um, actually, it's the third work, honestly, because book that you have there is a combination of books one and two that I originally did. Okay. Decided to combine them into one, uh, make it a little more, um, I guess, meaning a uh, higher word count, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, much of what you're talking about isn't far-fetched and far off. The whole idea of the smartphone and the radio frequencies being able to control brains and thoughts. And I mean, all of that is pretty much here. The idea of becoming a cyborg and transhuman. I, I don't think we're far from that. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep it kind of 21st century. Mm -hmm. And so far, I've been able to do that. And you're right. I mean, some of the research I've done indicates we are not at all far away no. from some of these uh, advancements. Mm -hmm. um, the idea there's mention in there of curing all Savannah curing Alzheimer's, which um, I bring that back up in the next book I'm writing, uh, how that's actually accomplished. And it's not far fetched, believe it or not, yeah. that uh, they're making some significant progress with it. Absolutely. No, it's not far-fetched at all. I know that there are some kind of um, neural transmitter helmets that folks who have um, loss of limbs or are paralyzed can, via radio frequencies, and they put these helmets on, they're able to move their limbs because mm -hmm. of the signals that they receive. So I think there's a lot going on that people don't really recognize or realize. So I find it fascinating that what you're, what you're talking about well, maybe at one point in time, some of it might have seemed outlandish, but uh, we're there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I introduce uh, both in both books, actually, the idea of, you know, the uh, UFO in Area 51 and what that was really all about, mm -hmm. according to my fiction. <laughs> so that's in there as well. And that's actually uh, a hint as to where um, Dr. Barnett um, learns how to develop the human cyborg. So. Lots of research on your end, I imagine. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, it took about a year to, well, probably about 18 months to do both books, I guess. Oh, so. You know, I love research because it takes you down so many rabbit holes, it's almost shocking that you were able to finish your book because, you know, you, you <laughs> land in all these different places. And it's like, oh my gosh, where do I take this storyline? Because there's just so much information when you research. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. How did your grandmother come into play here? You say channeling your grandmother and fellow author. Well, exactly. Um, Sarah Conkling um, was my grand, my dad's mother, and uh, she penned uh, uh, several children's books. In fact, if you go to Amazon out there and Google her name, several of them will come up. And she was also a poet. Um, she could she could write some very um, very good poetry. And there's a one poem out there um, that is now being used all over the place for 
uh, and displaying uh, different plaques and wall hangings and what have you by by several different companies. I almost wish we had a a, a patent or a, a copyright on her work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no telling where that is. I don't know where, if there ever was one. So. Interesting, interesting. So let's just talk a little bit about your characters and the character development. Well, basically, uh, I try to keep it down to um, just several uh, characters in the book. I don't want to go out too far with too many characters because then it just gets confusing and difficult to follow. Um, But if we start with with Christian, who was the main character at the beginning of the book, uh, again, he was uh, thrust into the role of CEO of a multinational corporation. Um, at a very young age, um, at under 30 years old. And um, he, um, again, came down with ALS, quite surprisingly. And we go through the initial part of the book with kind of how that's affected him over several years and how his condition degrades over several years. Um, And um, all the time knowing that the option with um, Savannah uh, to have his brain removed and preserved was out there. And, you know, the trick was, when do I do that? How do I do that? Um, what's the right timing? Because once I do that, you know, the body's effectively destroyed, the corporeal body. So, um, And at that time, early on, they didn't really understand. Well, he knew that uh, his wife, Ansley, was developing the synthetic body, but he didn't know when that, if that, would ever be ready to him or available to him. So, and then, of course, Ansley is basically a genius. I mean, she grew up a genius. She graduated graduated undergrad at a very early age, like 17 or something, and uh, went on, had her medical degree in her early 20s, and was recruited by DARPA <clears throat> in her late 20s to begin work on the Cyborg Project. Um Savannah and Eric are brother and sister, and Savannah, of course, is a, is a world-renowned. She's known for neural advancements, I guess, and um, she is um, known for the cure. She comes up with a cure, the known cure for Alzheimer's, um, and also later, in the, and actually becomes a book in my current book under development, she will come up with the way to cure um, ALS, which is mentioned in the early book, the first book. So, um, and then Aaron Adams, I needed a character who could be kind of a guinea pig for the first synthetic body because Ansley did not want to try that with her husband. So, and they had been trying it with, with uh, chimpanzees and monkeys, but the monkey could not adapt to the synthetic body. It would download the the mind of the, of the monkey. It would popular um, pop, popularize or um, the brain of the electronic brain of the monkey, but the monkey could not handle um, the changes and, and would had to be destroyed. So they needed a human, and they did felt like a human's the only way they're going to be able to figure out this works. So they got Aaron Aaron Adams to volunteer, and he did. He was in late stage ALS. And he felt like he had nothing to lose, um, so he volunteered, and it turned out very well for him. So, uh, and then Eric, which is Eric, has probably become my predominant character uh, later in, in the first books, um, and certainly in the second uh, one I'm writing now. Um, he um, 
was a smart kid, went to the Naval Academy, came out and went to Naval um, Aviator, became a Naval Aviator, uh, flying F-35s, and was nominated to go into the uh, Space Flight Development Group and ended up as first as um, a pilot on the Martian ships going back and forth to Mars and then worked his way up to command the ship in his last assignment. And um, Eric has a very interesting um, encounter with the parents of Aria Anderson, who he was developing a relationship with on Mars. And um, he actually travels to um, uh, Aria's family, meets up with her sister, and they fall in love. <laughs> and so we went through all that. So that's that's pretty much an Ansenia, by the way. Um, Eric's love is uh, a um, first mate uh, or second mate on a Viking cruise ship. And her goal is to become a Viking uh, captain uh, on the Viking cruise lines. And so that's how they met up. And they go to Norway. And in the next book, they obviously continue the relationship. So, but that's pretty much. Most of them, I think that's all the main characters, I believe. So much plot going on and moving and twisting and turning. So the whole plot development process, uh, do you do that ahead of time or does it all unfold as you're writing? A little bit of both. I try to do an outline and uh, initially that's a big help. But then as I get going, you know, I change my mind about different things and sometimes I get ahead of the outline. So I got to go back and review it and see what I need to change. I, I try to keep the outline current, mainly because if I go back to it, I want to be able to see, okay, this is where I am, this is why I did this, and this is where we are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, some books don't need so much attention. It seems like yours would, though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, in fact, I've got to keep. Um, there's uh, there's a, a number of minor characters in there that play different roles. I've got to keep them on a list because I can't remember the name. I've got to go back and see who they were and what they were doing. <laughs> so. But as you said earlier, it's kind of uh, fodder for your future books, all of these little subplots and ancillary right. characters. They could pop in any time in the future. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my plan beyond this next book is to take something, um, a subset, if you will, or a subtitle, uh, out of the second book, or out of the first two books, and run, run with that, see where we go. Mm -hmm. How many do you have in mind? How many books in the series? Uh, I really don't know. I uh, mean, beyond this one, uh, at least one, uh -huh. and we'll just see where that leads. See where you where they take you, right? <laughs> right, exactly. It's interesting with all the stuff going on with you know the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine right now. That is fertile ground mm -hmm. for. Um, the Guardian to have to go intervene and get that straightened out. I'm just trying to wait for, to see what the outcome is and see where it goes. <laughs> you have plenty to work with. Oh, yeah. That's the great thing about fiction. <laughs> it's always something to work with. Absolutely. <laughs> so what about your writing process? Do you write every day? You know, it's 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 kind of a hit or miss. I mean, I, I get an idea, and I may go for three or four days straight and then stop and then kind of go back and I've got other things I'm working on too, and uh, um, and then it may, I may not pick it up again for another four or five days, and then I may work for a day, and I may not work for two more. It, it's it's very hit or miss how it works for me. Fortunately, being my own publisher, I'm not 
I'm not stuck with any deadlines from the, from a publisher to meet. So. No, exactly, exactly. That's kind of the the nice way to write, that when it strikes you, you can write for a few days, and if it doesn't, well, then there's no pressure. Sure. Yep. Sure. So what about your cover art? How did that come about? Um, I am using a gentleman, and I'll give you the exact, I want to give you the exact information about him. i um, been using him for all of them so far. Actually, what I've done is there's two different versions of the same book out there. I went last summer with a company called EBL, and EBL would basically said they would take care of the marketing and publishing and editing and cover, which they did the cover I believe that you have right now. Um, there's a new one. I took I, I parted ways with EBL. I wasn't satisfied with how they were marketing the book. They were mainly a European publisher, and wasn't getting much traction. So. I decided to go with Smashwords, which is what's out there right now. Uh, Smashwords.com, you search my name, whatever. Um, but that, um, and with Smashwords, I went back to my original person uh, to do the covers. I can find his information here. Let's see. In fact, Smashwords just got published today. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's the same story as, as the one you have, but okay. it's just under a new title, new cover. Okay, it's a company called uh, uh, Red Barn Muse. All well, yeah, Red Barn Muse, okay. and the uh, artist's name is his name is George. Uh, ah, here it is George Voorhees, V O O R H E S, Junior. Okay. At Red Barn Muse, and he's done all of my covers except the one that you have, the EBL version of it. Okay. Um, and done a fantastic job. And I basically just give him, you know, a little bit about the book, and he comes up with the cover, and that's really, you know, sometimes we go back and forth, change minor things. But other than that, he does a real good job. He's very reasonable. So your Smashwords cover is the this new one created by George. It's different. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I'll have to take a peek at that one. So what about feedback? What have you heard from readers? Well, basically, what uh, one of the things I got through EBL cost a little bit more than I wanted it to, but um, was a number of copies, like 150, so of, of of the hardback, or not hardback, paperback. And so we've been handing those out for several months now. And basically, all the um, input that I've received has been pretty pretty um, uh, good. Uh, they're you know already asking when's the sequel, when's the sequel, and so. That's encouraging. Um, and I'm beginning to use, uh, I'm going to be using, I've got about, I don't know, 550 contacts on LinkedIn. I'm going to be sending something out here shortly about uh, you know, the republishing mm-hmm. uh, of the two books into one to all of them. Um, there are some older reviews out there from the early versions of books one and two in the combined version um, that are, for the most part, pretty good. I mean, there's a couple out there. I mean, not everybody's going to like it, especially sure. the books. But uh, for the most part, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good set of reviews out there on Amazon for that. So, and uh, later, I'm going to take the, I'm going to republish um, on Amazon, mm-hmm. and um, but I've got to go through some gyrations to convert what I did for Smashwords to the Amazon format. Yeah. So. That's so much work to uh, to self-publish. There's a there's quite a learning curve. 
there's a lot of reward to it as well, but uh, it's very time consuming to format to Kindle and to the paperback. You know, it's all different. Right. All righty. Well, so we know what's next. You're working on the sequel. Mm -hmm. If you were to deviate from this book, is there another idea you would have something completely different to write? Not completely different. I mean, I'm, what I'm going to do very likely is, is not the book I'm writing now, but the next one is take one of the one of the. Uh, I'll give a little hint. One of the things that Eric was assigned um, uh, after his accident in um, uh, on the uh, Martian ship, um, he was assigned the uh, project lead to develop humanity's first starship. And I think I may take that starship concept and roll with that. Um, there's a whole um, world of information out there now on faster than light travel, and they think that's even possible. You know, the starship warp yep. factor one, whatever. But there's a lot of information out there that they don't think we're that far from that. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I may be taking that to another <laughs> uh, into another whole storyline. So much fun, right? Oh, yeah, it's great. It really great. is. Because it's endless. I mean, the possibilities are yeah. endless. It's just whatever strikes you. And, and, you know, you obviously now have the time to work on it when you feel and when you don't. It just sounds like a perfect situation. Yeah, it's great. It it's is great. great. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not looking to make a lot of money off of it. I'm yep. just enjoying it, yep. you know, sharing it with, so far, mainly friends. I mean, there's been a few other people that have picked it up. Um, and I'm hoping when I get through, uh, through the Smashwords, which is global, a global distribution company. I'm um, hoping they'll get some attention. But sure. you're up against so many books out there, and you've really got to come up with something unique. Like when I'm talking about this next book, the Starship book, there's so many books out there about stars and starships and everything else. I've got to come up with something that makes it unique. And mm -hmm. so far, I've got a few ideas, but nothing <laughs> nailed down yet. <laughs> you need some differentiating factors, right? Right, exactly. Absolutely. Well, I have no doubt that you will figure that out, my friend. All righty. <laughs> well, as we begin to wrap up, anything we missed that you wanted to highlight today? No, I think we, we did a good job of covering uh, what the books are about and, and what I'm up to. <laughs> All right, good. Well, why don't you then share any contact information where folks can find out more about you, where they can purchase the books, anywhere you want to take us. Sure. Best place would be to go to my personal website. It's, it's simply, it's keel-barnico.com. Um, and there's a link there that will take you right to Smashwords. Um, and you can, you know, that's where you can purchase the book. By the way, there's a coupon out there now um, that um, you can use to get it. I think it's three ninety nine on Smashwords now, but you can get to get tonight. And yeah, I think it's like two bucks or, yeah, it's two dollars, I think. It was half price coupon. So that's good to lay for one. Um, and then there's my uh, personal email, which is on my website. So really, my website's the best place to go. All right. Well, we're speaking with Kiel Barnikov, and his book is titled Shepherds of Destiny. Website, same as his name, keelbarnikov.com. Oh, I was so looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you for finding us, for sharing your book with the Firebird and for this conversation today. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoyed today.